This is a shir only kutasichais chalek tes zayin. Bishalach, the third sicha, Bishalach yimel. I've got to tell you that the outside of the sicha, every sicha is fantastic and amazing. But uh, this sicha is also fantastic and amazing, like all sichas, but it's it just. Uh, Let's jump into it. it. It's so exciting because of its relevance to, to the way we look at, at Hashem's providing everything we need every day. The Eshtemol, the first time that the Torah is talked about the laws of Shabbos and in our Parsha, is in our Parsha. So you think about it. The Torah, I mean, the Torah has told us the story of Shabbos. Shabbos, like the Rebbe says in footnote one, that's in the beginning of creation. Tells us Shabbos Hashem rested. But never any instruction, what do you have to do about that? First time we have an instruction about what to do is in our parsha, parsha and it comes not an instruction about Shabbos. It comes in as a detail in the instructions about the man that fell from heaven, the food, the, the, the manna, the bread that fell from heaven. And since everything in Torah is exact, so we understand that the concept of man and Shabbos have a connection. It's not just incidental that Shabbos was taught with regard to the details of man, but they have a teichen. They're connected in content in terms of what they are. And so it's also evident from what's brought in the name of Rabbi Sadia Goin, called by his nickname the Rasag, that when Shambari finds himself on Shabbos in a, diff- in a far-off place, and over there they don't know what parsha they're supposed to read on that Shabbos. So they should read the parsha of Mun. In other words, the portions in our parsha, B'Shalach, which speaks about the falling of the Mun. So that tells you that there's a connection between Shabbos and Mun. More than that, <clears throat> besides the fact that on, that on Shabbos, the man didn't come, didn't fall on Shabbos, says in the Zayah that on the contrary, although, in other words, although the Shabbos, the man didn't fall, but the Zayah says that on the contrary, the bracha in heaven for the coming, for the falling of the man in the six days of the week is actually was on Shabbos. As it says also in Mechilta, that when it says that Hashem blessed the seventh day, uh, it means what? He blessed it with man. What does that mean? So literally that means that he blessed it that on, on the sixth day, man should fall twice. Shabbos is blessed. Friday gets blessed with a double portion for Shabbos. That's literally what the, what the Medrash means. The Rebbe brings in the Ha'orah that Chassidus explains that it means Baruch HaBiman, that actually the bracha for the man that's going to come the rest of the six weeks falls on the Shabbos. In other words, it doesn't fall on Shabbos. The bracha brought on Shabbos and then it comes down all the six days of the week. In, in the footnote number six, or seven, the Rebbe says possibly, this, possibly there's two ways of learning the Medrash. There's the simple part of the Medrash that it fell on Friday double for Shabbos and that's the bracha. And the inner, the remez of the Medrash is that, no, the actual bracha comes on Shabbos for the rest of the week. And that's the way we understand the Zoya. So we have to understand, in other words, the bracha comes on Shabbos and it gets, the actualization falls down here on earth. Darfim Fashtein continues there. What's the connection between Mon and Shabbos? L'cha'ira, not just is there, is, don't you see any connection, obvious connection between, between them? They're totally different from each other. Shabbos is everywhere. Right? No restrictions. You, the coming of man was only in one particular time of history. And in one particular place. That's where the, in the 40 days the Jewish people were in the desert. Shabbos is forever. 
we always have to keep Shabbos, and it's everywhere. Base. So how they connected? They seem to be different. So base. Later we would be able to say what's the connection? The common denominator between man and Shabbos is that in both of them, no work. Man was considered was called a lechem and bread from heaven. You didn't have to plow and plant, etc., and all the other things you do. Same Shabbos. Besides the fact that you're not allowed to do any work on Shabbos, there's also a mitzvah to feel like you've done everything. Like there's nothing to do. The mitzvah of Enoch Shabbos is that you shouldn't think at all about your tasks. On Shabbos, on Shabbos you have, and this is a, a, a term we use, lahalacha, kol malachtacha asuya, you feel as if all your work has been done. It's based on the fact that the Torah says, six days you shall do all your work, the seventh day you rest. And the Medrash asks, can you do all your work in six days? We live a bunch of six days, please God. We're still not finished. Six days you do all your work, all your work, because Shabbos you have to feel as everything is done. So that's a good connection. The man was an effortless food. Shabbos is a day of effortless. Should be a day where you feel at ease without needing to do effort. Yeah, that's however the Rebbe asked. That's not enough. Why? Because there's also some stark differences. First of all, by the man, we will find that they did have some bother attached to it. It says that the tzaddikim, it came down like bread. The intermediate people, it came down like ugais. Ugais, I think, was uh, already... Um, um, I believe it means that it was uh, already prepared dough, but it still needed to be baked, if I'm not mistaken. The Rishoyim had to actually go and grind it. And they had to actually grind it and then knead it and, and, and thing, and then break it. So Tzadikim had effortless. Benin had to do some effort. The Rishoyim had to do more effort. Similarly, in the way they, that's after they had already assembled the raw material of the man. Before they actually had gathered the man, it says that the Tzadikim, it went, they just had to open the door of the house, it was there. The Bainan and the intermediate people, they had to go out and look for it. The Rishoyim had to go and search hard. They had to go far away. Not like what we're saying about Shabbos, that every Jew is supposed to feel about Shabbos. Everything is done. Shouldn't even think about his tasks after Shabbos that are awaiting him. And on the other hand, and the Rebbe points out in R11, we, we said in the month there was distinctions between the good guys, the less, the half good guys, the, the, the not good guys. By Shabbos, there's no difference. Shabbos, Shabbos applies to everybody. Everybody, every yid feels on Shabbos, like everything's done. So it's not the same as man. Man needed some, you know, there, was, there, was some there was some work done, depending on your level of tzitkus. Based on the other hand, Rebbe says on the other hand, the fact that you're not allowed to <coughs> work on Shabbos, that's all kinds of work. You have to feel as if everything on your plate has been done. By man, it's only what kind of... Uh, Tediousness was taken away. The tasks related to food. So it's also not exactly the same thing. Therefore, it makes sense to say that the connection between one and Shabbos, obviously, okay, so the second question tells us that uh, man is only sh- a, a, an effortless food, but not other things. Shabbos is effortlessness. Um, no, I don't mean effortlessness. Yeah, effortlessness in terms of your, your human interaction. So it's going to tell us that, yes, the connection is about the food. Because that's what man is. Man is food. And the Shabbos man intersect in relationship to food particularly. As we also understand from the fact that what do we learn in our everyday observance of Shabbos? We learn from the man the obligation of three suudas, three meals. Also we learn the obligation of having two loaves of bread at our Shabbos meals. 
We learn about three meals because it says the psukim that it says about money is it's uh, said eat it today because today Shabbos today you won't find it in the field three times tells us three meals of Shabbos and it says it was on the sixth day they went out to collect they collected double bread that concept of double bread tells us mm, same way they were double man. We mark that with a double soda. In other words, with double breads on the table. But Mela, so we see that the, the things of eating of Shabbos, we learn from Mun. So we're going to try and understand the intersection of Shabbos and Mun, particularly the way it is with regards to food. With regard to the providing of food, the procurement of food. Gimel. On the Pasuk, Hashem says, I'm going to rain down... Bread from heaven. People will go out and they will collect every single day in order that I should test them. Do they follow in the path of my Torah or not? In other words, Rashi explains, what is Hashem saying? I'm sending down the man to test them. In what way? To test them, says Rashi, if they're going to keep the mitzvahs that are dependent and hinged on the man, which are, namely, they shouldn't leave any over for the next day and they shouldn't go out on Shabbos to collect. So the purpose and the intention of the falling of the man is in order to test the Jews whether they're going to keep the mitzvahs that are associated with the man. And those mitzvahs are not to leave over, not to go on Shabbos to collect. So we have to understand what's the connection between these two mitzvahs. One, not to leave over. Two, not to collect on Shabbos. And those are the, this is the reason I'm giving the man. What's the intersecting underlying factor between them? So first, let's understand that what is the chiddush of the man that it's lechem in hashemayim and what is its advantage over usual lechem lechem in earth lechem this is food from heaven usually we have food from earth what is the advantage of food from heaven so food from heaven is connected with food from earth is connected with human action so the fact that he prepares for himself a vehicle in nature a receptacle in nature he plows plants and Hashem is mashpia, gives bread. Bread is a cover word for all kinds of things that a human being needs. Through what does Hashem provide the bread? And through what does Hashem provide all of human's needs? Through the vehicle and the vessel and the garment that the person prepares. In other words, a person, just to, just to use loose language, Person goes to work, has a job, that's the way Hashem sends him the money he needs to live. When we talk about that, that's considered lechem min ha'aretz, food from earth. However, when we talk about food from heaven, that's not at all dependent on a vehicle and a vessel of the laws of nature. There's no human input in that whatsoever. And so we understand that based on the amount of human input there is, that also, this also has its effect on the feeling of man. When it's it's when it's food from the earth. So it's the bread that the bracha of Hashem is enclosed in the natural vehicle that the person has prepared. So, then listen. Even though, and here's like a, here's like a, even though, and then we're going to say, so even though he knows, we're not talking about a no goodnik, somebody who's not aware of Hashem. Talking, even though he knows that his preparation of the vehicle and the vessel for his, for Hashem's bracha to come is, is all, merely a keli, it's just a vessel. And it's a lavush, it's a garment. And it's really just enclosing the bracha of Hashem, which is the main thing. 
And more than that, we're talking here, even if the person has an understanding that the whole reason he involves himself in making the natural cover-up for, uh, in nature, for the bracha of Hashem, is not because he really thinks that nature is, 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 uh, can't happen without, in other words, that, that, that uh, Hashem needs to make it happen through nature. No. He's even that, even the fact that he's creating a natural place for Hashem's bracha to become unpacked, it's because he knows that's what Hashem wants. It's Hashem's desire, it's Hashem's instruction. Hashem says, Hashem will Hashem bless you. Hashem says, I'll do it in everything that you do. I don't want you, like the Medrash says, you think a, a person should sit and be, not do anything, and Hashem will just help him? No. So it says, you got to work for six days, because Hashem will bless you in your deeds. So even though we're talking about such a person, nonetheless, when it actually comes through his efforts, since it actually does come through his efforts, it's coming through the vehicle of what he's done. So the person has had some input. So it gives, it leaves room to consider the person's input something valuable as a contribution towards the parnasa. It's a subtlety. Which is not the case. I'll tell you a saying I've heard recently. I believe it was, don't remember where, but Hashem helps those who create a cover-up as if they're helping themselves. In other words, Hashem wants us to make a keli, and Hashem will help us, but He wants He wants it to be covered over. So He wants it to be a keli to cover over, and we don't see His 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 obvious miracle. But still, even when a person is doing that, but if it did come through that vehicle, there's room in his mind to say, maybe my deeds, you know, my deeds had some value. Now, when a person gets lechem from Hashem, obvious bread from heaven, there is absolutely no mixing in of human action. So this arouses by him the tenua, the feeling of reliance totally on the Abishter. Please, God, at the end of the year, I'll give you a story. Alpiza, according to this, is understood that the Nisoyen, that the test about the Mon, what was the test? Will they keep the mitzvahs that are hinged on the Mon, not to leave any over? And, uh, and by the way, the Rebbe puts in a footnote, in the Mon you saw clearly, human action didn't help. Because what, what, what happened? person collected more, he came home from his collection, he had exactly enough for what the people in his household. A person worked less and collected less, he came home, he had exactly what he needed for the people in his household. So it could be Reuven, who has uh, five people in his household, went out and he was running around, he thought he's going to bring back 50 portions, he comes back home, five portions. And it could be Shimon, has 30 members of the household, he didn't work so hard and he thought he's going to bring back 10, they'll have, to, uh, they'll have to suffer. He comes back, he has 30 portions. So this is Lechem and Hashemayim. Yeah, they had to go out and collect it, but... Whatever they did didn't make a difference. Even their action, they saw, didn't have any, any, any bearing whatsoever. So now we understand that the, the, this Nisoyen, that let's see, do they keep the mitzvahs to leave over or to go out Shabbos to collect? That's the point of the Yeridis Saman. That's the point of the, of the, of the, uh, the food coming down from heaven. Lechem HaShamayim in order to bring out it's supposed to bring out a, a, a point about Hashem's providing and in this way, it also tests, <coughs> tests the Jews and shows 
the, the, and holds them to the full level of bitachin, of trust in Hashem, that, his, that all of his food and all of his needs comes only from Hashem, without any vehicle or intermediary of human intervention. So now, this is the point of the man. It's totally even Hashemayim. And Hashem says, but now I want to see if you're really trusting me. And the point is, you're not allowed to have any thought about worrying about food for tomorrow. Right? Because that's, that's the whole point. I'm giving you everything you need. It's coming in a way that there's no human intervention. And now, you have to stay in that space, in that zone, not try and leave over for tomorrow. <coughs> As the Tanchuma says, that it says, Hashem said, I'm going to give you every single day. And the meaning of that is, Hashem who created the day, creates also the Parnassah. So he creates every day, he creates the Parnassah with it. Rabbi Eliezer Hamudoi derived from this and says, this also applies not just to the month, he says it applies further also. Anybody who has what to eat today, and he says, what will I eat tomorrow? He's called a Mechusar Emuna, he's lacking in the, uh, in the fullness of his faith in Hashem. Okay. Hey, so now, even though the Lechem and Hashemayim is mainly, and in, in essence, not dependent on the human action, the input from humans, and that's why the man came down together with the dew. We know that there's an interesting difference between dew, D-E-W, and rain. It says about dew that dew, Leimatza doesn't stop. It's always there. It does, it's not dependent on the state of good deeds of humanity or not. So we find rain, yes, rain. There's times we have to pray for rain, times where rain doesn't come automatically. Hashem wants us to pray for it. Dew. Dew is, is, is a constant. It represents the things that come from Hashem that are, that are, that are uh, initiated by Him and not dependent on our arousing or eliciting of them. However, so the man is something that comes from heaven, so it comes together with the dew. It's something that Hashem is giving without any human, without any expectation of human input. However, we do find that people had to be involved and get involved, as we said before, that they had to go and collect it. Not even, not just the negative people, not just Bainanim and Hashem, that had to go further or whatever, but that even the tzaddikim, where it came to the door, the, foot, the, the entrance to their, to their doors, but they had to go open their doors. So something, some human input was there. On the contrary, uh, sorry, more than that, moreover, the fact that there are differences in the level of input, right? We said three kinds of Jews and three kinds of how far they had to go to collect it. That's a sign that it's not totally unrelated to the input of human, to the input of the man who is going to be the receiver, which is unlike tal, unlike do, which has absolutely nothing to do. It comes to everybody equal. Has nothing. It's totally unhinged on what's going on down below. With man, it's not like that. It does have a connection with the with the one who's receiving. It depends on his level. So then, um, how does that fit with the concept we're saying that the man was totally heavenly? It seems that there was some input from earth as well. In other words, it was a little bit hinged on. People had to, had to go and collect it. And it was also hinged on their spiritual state. Square brackets here, Rebbe says, because Taka, the man had some um, connect, connection, 
um, and was commensurate with their spiritual level. That's why Taket says, Hashem says in the Pesach, I'm going to rain down for you, Lechem and Hashemayim. Not as it said um, in Bamidbo, when it spoke about the, 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 when it speaks later about the man, describes the man that was, it speaks about the tal. It's like when the tal came down. So um, how can that be? Tal is dew. Is man like dew? Is man like rain? Rain is something that we know is dependent on the service of the Yidin down below. And we know actually the physical manifestation of rain is precipitation. The steam goes up from the earth and it comes down in the form of rain, which means in the spiritual counterpart that the way people act, that's the way they earn the rain that comes down. So is, 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 is the man like, like rain or is it like tal? So they connect the connect... The, the, so the explanation is like this. That's both. It's lechem and hashamayim is essentially and at its source, at its core, something that's coming down from heaven, unrelated and higher than what the recipients can elicit. That's like do. However, the way it comes down and manifests in this world and falls into this world, so Hashem brings it down in a way of mount, in a way of rain, that also has some kind of a connection with the deeds of those that are the recipients. And that's why there's three kinds of people that go out and collect. If you're, if you're, if you're a tzaddik, come to your doorway. And there's three levels of state of preparedness of the man itself. Do you have to grind it? Or, or can you just go ahead and eat it? And, and, and so on. Um, <clears throat> and don't forget, you also, have, they also have to eat it. it. Didn't just come and zapped into their nutritional system. <laughs> they had to eat it. So there's obviously something they had to do. Interesting here in the footnote, the Rebbe points out the concept, what bracha did they make? He said, they also had to make a bracha. And there's some Rishenim that say that the bracha was Amitzi Lechem in Hashemayim. <laughs> and anyway, by the way, the, 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 the Ramemi Panu Rebbe brings says that when Mashiach comes, there'll be some of the man that's still in the jar that was put away in the Mishkan, it was hidden. And then if you want to eat some of that man, the bracha will be Amitzi Lechem in Hashemayim. At any rate, we're gonna. So there's there is a connection with what's done from below. But basically, man is lechem and It's from heaven. So now we're left with a question that Rabbi had. There is some connection with below, but how does that? Why? If Hashem is giving lechem and why isn't it just minashamayim? Why is there taka distinctions between the different levels of Jews? So vav. The explanation is. The concept of man as lechem and was a preparation for going into Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't something that was going to remain. Hashem didn't want it to remain that way. And there, there is the, the way things have to work is lechem in Eretz. There, they needed to get into a schedule of having bread from earth. Because through that, so what's the process here? What's going on? Through the fact that the Yidin have been shown in a revealed way. How their parnos and their needs get given to them by the Abishta directly. So that prepared them and gave them the koyach that also when they come to a land which is a settled land, and also when they go into the usual sequence and order of events where they have to adapt to lechem in aretz, bread from earth, they shouldn't, God forbid, forget that it's hu anaisen lecha koyach lasis choyas Hashem that gives you the koyach to make the money that you make. Because you've seen it openly. But that's where it comes from. More than that. Lechem in Hashemayim, food from heaven, is not just a preparation and giving you the koyach. No. 
really, it's not just, in other words, you could look at it that now you've been given a vision. You've been given food from heaven. You see, it can happen this way. So now when I give you food from earth, know that really it could be food from heaven. So when I give it to you through earth, it's also me giving it to you. It's me giving it through the earth. Remember though that it's me. I have that power. I could, I could give it to you from heaven. And that same power is me giving you from earth. More than that, says the Rebbe. Even when they come into a subtle land, because Eden are in their very essence higher than world and higher than nature. So the truth is that even when they are in the world and they do go into the way you have to live in a world in a settled land, the giving of their parnasa is in its is in a most truthful way and in a most deep way. It's not connected with the ways of teva of lechem in I'm not sure if I explain myself properly. In other words, um, Hashem made a big miracle, gave them lechem in Hashemayim, and now Hashem is making, Hashem is operating the natural order of events, and He's making things grow in the field. What the Rebbe is saying is, and that would be enough. You could learn from Hashem's awesomeness, from Hashem's omnipotence that gives them food from heaven. You can learn that even where it looks like it's, it's finite, it's really Hashem driving. Says the Rebbe, no, in reality, we're saying even more, in reality, the, um, even that operation of the natural cycle of planting and thing, by Yidin, because that's really Lechem and Hashemayim. It's also higher than Teva being given to them. A subtle word. And here's square brackets that goes even further. <laughs> when, when we say that it's also Hashem giving them lechem in Hashemayim, but it's coming through lechem in Aretz, it's not even in a way that we say that Teva on its own doesn't really have any reality, any importance. <clears throat> that Teva, that nature itself, is really only a, a, a garment for the brach of Hashem that's being enclosed in the garment. And that that garment itself, really, the Yid only makes, because that's what Hashem wants. He doesn't really put importance on it. But the hashpa, what's coming through it, is connected with, with nature. The bracha of Hashem comes through the keli that he prepared. That would be, that would be uh, standard thinking, standard Yiddish thinking, but, you know, emunah thinking. Says the Rebbe, but what Lechem and Hashemayim taught the Yidin was much more than that. That even the lechem, the parnasa that comes, the food that comes from earth, is in a way that it is, it is in itself, just like lechem and ashwaim. It is lechem and ashwaim. It's, it's, it's food from heaven. That's absolutely not connected to, with the ways of Teva. And this is the true shleimus abitachin by Yid in the Eibishter. Not nist. This is, by the way, a, a, a subtle, deep, and profound and I can't say that I get it fully, a little bit, a little a drop maybe, but it's liberational. So the Rebbe says like this, not just in a case where a person doesn't see any chance of how things can work in Dark Yateva in, in a natural way to make his parnasa. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't know how he's going to make it happen. And therefore, and by the way, that's, the, that's true bitachen, right? When you think you have a way how it's going to work, so you're relying on Hashem, but there's what's called tikvas chut You're also relying on, on, on maybe a little thread that 
possible. When you see no way how to make things happen, how you're getting a panasa and you rely on Hashem, which that's true, Bitochen. You don't have any choice. You rely on Hashem. He's going to give you your panasa in a miraculous way, just like the one in the Midbar. That's one level. That's one kind of situation. And by the way, the Rebbe says in R32, a fascinating thing from the Hemshechaim base, that when a person sees there is no hope for him in a natural way, and he relies on Hashem to provide him a nest, that's not called, there's a rule we have, ain't simchen ala nest, you don't rely on a miracle. Yeah, that's only when there is something to do naturally. And Hashem says, do it naturally. I don't, want to, I don't want you to force me to create an open miracle for you. But when there's nothing you can do naturally, and you rely on Hashem fully, basically relying on a nest, that's what you're supposed to do. That's not called, that's not, that doesn't fall under the jurisdiction, don't rely on a nest. Okay, so... Says that, but not just in a case where there's nothing for you to do but to trust Hashem. Where obviously you're waiting for for money from heaven. Okay, no, that but that okay, that that bitochen is one thing. But even when you do make a vessel in teva, because that's what Hashem told you, so the person has to feel that his parnosa is in at its essence is beikala at its essence food from shamayim lechem in shamayim. Not at all connected with the ways of teva. And the bracha of Veiracha Hashem, when Hashem promises, Veiracha Hashem, Hashem will bless you with everything that you do, means not just that what the Abishter benches him is going to be according to the confines and the contours of the vessel and, 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 and garment that he's made, even if it is in a way of it's going to be more blessed. It's not going to be limited. It's going to be a blessed uh, um, commensurate to his efforts. No. The person has to believe that Hashem's blessing comes to him in a way that's totally un, without any erech, um, without uh, totally beyond so much so that the keli, the vehicle he's made, is not even uh, is, 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 is immaterial, is uh, uh, minuscule, not minuscule. Is, uh, hmm, it's not tefes It doesn't take any place. It's it's it's, it's yeah. It's laughable. It's la- not laughable. It's not. Uh, it's, 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 yeah. In other words, <coughs> you get what he's saying. <coughs> Mela, when when somebody is trusting in Hashem because there's nothing for him to do, the only thing to do is trust Hashem. Great, that's betochen. The kunz is even when you do have what to do, and you did that, then you truly believe that not that the brach is coming in a way that it's measured according to your efforts, but Hashem's lechem and Hashemayim is coming and is totally uh, perv- uh, uh, overriding and, and, and being uh, in a way that the, 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 the vehicle and the vessel has, has no, has no uh, is, is, is becomes minuscule, becomes, yeah. Okay, da, 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 da. there's a footnote here which I didn't delve into, but you should if, you, if you're reading this and you have the ability. R35, the Rebbe says that people that want to live like this, the truth is, a person shouldn't worry what's going to be tomorrow and what's going to be this parnosa. Um, but sometimes a person wants to know that he has for a bunch of time ahead. Um, so the Rebbe said that really comes from a distance from Hashem in the way. But... Um, it seems like there can be a combination somehow, but then you have to look up the chassidus in Eirat 35. Sorry, I didn't really delve into it yet. Zayin. So now we can understand. So again, we're still left in the middle of, a, middle of an explanation here. So if the man is heavenly, why 
why have human, human action based on three levels of you know, how good you are? So now we can understand, Zion says that ever, why the man had to be connected a little, at least a little bit with the, with the way a person, with the input of a person. Why? If the lechem and hashemayim with the food from heaven would have been totally connected, <coughs> totally disconnected from any human input, so it would be totally dissimilar. There would be nothing to join this with heavenly, with uh, earthly bread. That's a kind of a Martian bread, lechem and hashemayim. There's no connection to our bread. And therefore there would be room to make a mistake. What could the mistake be? A person may say like this. By heavenly bread, <coughs> that's totally not dependent on any kind of preparation, any kind of avoda from the recipient. So there, in that case, where Hashem is giving you that kind of bread, then you have to have total belief and trust in Hashem and only rely on the Ebishter. However, when you're living in a life where you have bread from the ground, since the Torah itself told you that six years you shall plant and six years, etc., etc., so here... A person's intervention and input is needed. So this in itself is a proof that you need to prepare a keli. You need to prepare a vehicle. And it does have some, it does have a tfisas mokim, it does uh, take up some importance in the of parnosa, in getting parnosa. That's why the Torah brings the lechem and hashamayim in a way that it's also mamtir. That it, yes, it's like rain a little bit. There is some kind of um, human um, uh, uh, input and there is Aveda Sadam does make a, the, the Aveda of a person does make a difference it just shows that also there in those circumstances where there is a requirement for input of the person we need to understand that even in those circumstances it's also coming Milamaila and it's not at all hinged or dependent or limited to the Aveda that the person did it's lechem in Hashemayim. Stand of art. In other words, <coughs> if, if the man would be just totally heavenly without human connection, he would say, oh, it's a different thing. It doesn't apply to us. No, 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 no. So that's why there is some human connection there. There is some human input. And so therefore we can now say, oh, so also us, says the Rebbe continues. And this is the Nisina This gives us the ability that also when we come into the settled land where there you already eat, bread from earth, so a yid should be able to understand and be able to have the perspective that also the Aveda that he does there to eat lechem in food from the earth, is in its essence, and panemius, it's really lechem nashmaim, it's food from heaven. Fascinating thing in order 38, we know what the Rebbe Marash says, I mean, that would apply to now also, right? The Rebbe Marash says, the Parnasa Bismanazeh, the time of Golas is mamish like the man, lechem and ashmaim. Now, based on what the Rebbe just explained to us, really this transition, the Rebbe said that the, the, the man has to teach us that even when we go into the land of Israel, when we start planting and sowing, it's really lechem and ashmaim. That means that lechem and ashmaim never stopped. So it doesn't start by Golas. Why does the Rebbe Rashi speak about it as being in the time of Golas? So the Rebbe says, so you got to take into account that in Eretz Yisrael, during the good years, everybody had Ishtachas Gafnei, everybody had financial security in terms of, the, they saw where their Parnas is coming from, they had tracts of land, and there was, there was no issue. So you don't feel the Lechem and Hashemayim so much. But the Rebbe Marash was saying is that because of the difficulty of our times of Zman is to make a Parnasa, so it's very clear that the Parnasa doesn't come 
through or commensurate with what we do. And therefore, we should take into account, and like the Tzamaq Tzadik says, that it's mamish like a nest. When we have parnasa today, it's mamish like, a, like, a, like nisim gilum. It's like an open nest, just like the mud. Okay, so that's a special, uh, a special uh, strengthening for, our, for us in our times today. Ches. According to this, we'll understand a davar peles, a pele thing, a wondrous thing. We find about Birch Samozin. The first bracha of Birch Samozin is Hazan Esayel Am Koloi Betovai. Thank Hashem for sustaining the world. So we know that that bracha Meishe Rabbeinu instituted. When? When the man came down. The second bracha is Noi Delecha Hashem Alekein Ubar Hashem Ala Oretz Vial Amozin. The second bracha is Birch Samozin. The bracha thanking Hashem for the land of Eretz Yisrael. Who made that bracha? Yeshua. And they went into Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> now we have the question, one second. Birchas HaMazen is thanking Hashem for what? It's thanking Hashem for the food He gave us now. So how are we saying, thank you to Hashem for food we're eating now, which is food from earth, in the same way, the same nusach that Moshe Rabbeinu made to be saying for the food that was given from heaven. More than that. The first bracha we learned from the Pasuk, V'achal that says, eat, be satisfied, and then you make a bracha. This refers to the first bracha of which is what we say for eating and being satisfied. The second bracha we say, thank Hashem for the land. What does that mean? We're thanking Hashem for the land that is given forth the food that we just thanked Hashem for being satisfied by. Right? So this is a big question. How could it be that the thanking for our eating and being satisfied is in the first bracha, which is really about man. And how, how can that be? We're not eating man. So now we'll understand, based on what we just said, that we can understand clearly. <coughs> that what? The lechem in our the food that we eat from earth, also that which Hashem has blessed that comes through the land, which gives forth food. In emes, Truthfully, it's just a, a garment to the source and root of that food, which is from heaven. And therefore, <coughs> since a Yid recognizes the truth, that the source of his food is not dependent on the fact that he prepared and did work and, 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 and tilled his field. Not even the fact that he did and prepared ways of Teva because Hashem told him so. He understands that, no, 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 no. Even, notwithstanding all that, it's really Lechem and Hashem. It's, it's, it's food from heaven. So then we understand that the way he thanks Hashem is thanking Hashem for the truth. What is the truth? He's thanking Hashem for his eating and his being satisfied. And the same Nusach as Lechem and Hashem. In his feeling, he's eaten Hashem's bread. Because, and that is the truth, the true source of his eating and being satisfied is Lechem and Hashemayim, the same way it was with the man. And then he thanks Hashem for the next stages of how that Lechem and Hashemayim develops. He thanks, um, Hashem, he thanks Hashem for benching, for blessing the vehicle and the, and the, and, and, and the garment of nature, because Hashem has said, I'll bless you through what you do, what Hashem wants us to do. That's why the next blessing is the Brach on Eretz Yisrael, thanking Hashem for the land, which gives us food. But ultimately, what made me satisfied? It's Hashem's food that He provided for me, which is really Lechem Nashamayim. Yes, went through earth, and the next Brach is thanking Hashem, who blessed the earth to give, to give that Muslim.
According to all this test, according to all this, remember we have to come back now to Shabbos, explain how this connects to Shabbos. According to all this, we'll now understand this connection to Shabbos. All these three Pratim and Mon, first of all, it's totally heavenly bread. It shows in an open way that we don't have to rely on anything except Hashem. Because everything is given from Hashem directly. We saw that, boom, bread comes from heaven. Second point is, however, there is some input from humans. We need to go and collect it at least, or whatever. Three, that gives a koyach, the fact that Hashem provides such an open gift of lechem and hashamayim, and together, there's also some human input, tells us that also gives us the koyach, the energy, that also when we go into a more natural state of living, where we eat bread from earth, where in a revealed way it's connected with a land that gives forth, forth its yield, and it's connected with nature, but we should know that in the source and in the inner, in, 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 at its source and in its inner point, it's really lechem from heaven. So those three things, also we find it by Shabbos. Listen to this, <coughs> this amazing concept. About providing for the needs of Shabbos, our sages tell us, <clears throat> what if a person doesn't have enough for Shabbos? He has enough for, for two meals a day, so he's not poor, he can't take from the soup kitchen. Come Shabbos, and he needs money also to make the Shabbos more beautiful, to eat something special on Shabbos, to have three meals on Shabbos, he doesn't have enough money. So Chazal say, Levu alai, take, uh, take a loan on my account, Vahaminu bi, and trust me, Vani and I will pay back. In other words, even when chas v'shalom, a person doesn't have it what to buy the needs of Shabbos, and he also doesn't know how he's going to pay back the loan, as we'll see, because we, we're, we're soon going to talk about this loan. This is not a, an invitation to take loans that you have no idea how to pay back. So still, we have to rely on Hashem. Hashem says, take a loan on my, on my account, and I will pay, because basically... The needs of Shabbos come like from heaven. Don't worry. You, you take a loan, I'll take care of it. I didn't work for it. It's going to work. On the other hand, there needs to be human intervention. Well, we understand that, first of all, getting a loan requires work. Tircha. <laughs> loan doesn't disappear. You have to go and find somebody who will give you a loan. And more than that, the din is not talking about somebody who has nothing to back up the loan with. Din is talking about somebody who has... Items of value. And we're saying, you give that item of value as a mashkin, as a security, and take a loan against them. If he doesn't have anything, so then he's not allowed to just take an open loan against nothing and Hashem will pay back. What is that saying? In other words, in other words, even, okay, even, it's an interesting kind of loan. Even when he does have items to give as a security, his intention is not to pay back without security. That would be like selling a, a, an asset. No, 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 we're not saying that. Take a loan. But it has to be a loan. If he doesn't even have it, something as security, that's not considered a loan. That's considered being... Uh, then we would say, then the instruction is, better to have a weekday kind of Shabbos, but not to, take, uh, not to be needy and dependent on others. We're talking here about where he has the capacity to take a loan because he has an item. But we're not saying that he's going to pay through the item. No, what's going to happen? Hashem says, take a loan against the item and I will pay back. In other words, Hashem says, I will find you a way to pay back. But 
so there's this mix. Shem's going to pay back, but on the other hand, the person had to have his intervention and provide a vehicle, provide a, a, a security. He has to have at least something, some item that he can borrow against. So you see the blend, just like in the Mun we were saying the, um, these two things, right? It's coming from heaven, but it's somewhat dependent that you have to go and collect it, and it's dependent on your level of, you know, so that's the second concept. And now, the third concept we said about Shabbos, that, about the man, that this, that this uh, way of living enables you to live that way even when you're living a life of nature. So Gimel, about Shabbos, also there's this, there's this aspect. The, the, the greatness of Shabbos achieves and, 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 and is mashpia into the six days of the week through the fact that Hashem has a total bitoch and trust in Hashem, that Hashem will find him a way to pay back what he loaned for Shabbos. And he sees how Hashem has benched his efforts of taking a loan. Um, in a way, not in a way of teva. In other words, he's, he's had his efforts of taking a loan and Hashem has found him a way, not in a natural way, to pay back. So this tells him that even when he works in the six days of the week, in a way that it's seems to be that his efforts bring forth the parnasa, bring forth the money, he's able to recognize that this parnasa that he, that he has through toiling and through preparing a vehicle in nature, really, it's Hashem paying. Hashem is providing in a way of metziah, in a way of uh, total surprise, his parnasa in a way higher than teva. It's only that the brachas of higher than teva come in a vehicle and in a garment of teva. Okay, Yud. Now we can understand. By the way, I didn't have time yet myself, but the 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 uh, the, um, the discussion here about about loaning for the purpose of Shabbos is a fascinating one. It's a, the Ha'odas here, back and forth about uh, the fact that because the Gemara just says, "Borrow and I'll pay back." So it's a, a very intricate discussion related to the Al-Tarab about under what conditions is the Torah telling us to borrow. And I think, just I'm just saying a personal feeling here, in today's, uh, in, 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 uh, in today's um, age of credit cards and so on, and we really have to be careful when we talk about take a loan and I'll pay back. In other words, as being a way that the Eibishter is advocating, you have to really look through these halachas and make sure that it fits the criteria of what... Uh, what, I, what, what is said here. According to this, we can understand this, uh, uh, what, is, what is more understood from the Zayar on the Pasuk. Later, we can understand what's understood from the Zayar on the Pasuk. It says a person shouldn't leave over till, till morning. The Zayar says that all six days of the week become benched with Mon of Shabbos so that they don't have to give or loan one to the other. It's on Shabbos, there's the blessing for all the six days. What's the connection between both things? Since the man is the blessing for the man comes on Shabbos, that's why you're not allowed to leave over from one day to the next. And now we can understand. The fact that the bracha above comes from the man, the fact that it comes on Shabbos, is because the man is a hashpah from Hashem that's not enclosed in the vehicle and vessels of nature, just like Shabbos. That's, that's Shabbos, like we explained in, at length. So therefore, it's time for being drawn down is Shabbos. 
And therefore, it has to be in a way, this ashpo, when it comes down, even comes down during the week, has to be in a way that it shouldn't get mixed in with cheshbenes, with uh, thoughts and, and, and calculations of the person of how to do things al piteva. So in what way do we ensure that the man comes down and retains its Shabbos Dika quality where it's higher than Teva? He's just saying, no, you can't leap over. You can't show that you're involving your natural thoughts into the man process. No, you can't leap over for the next day. That would be showing you're, you're trying to have human involvement in this, in, in, in providing for your needs. You're going to leave some for tomorrow. No, one day per day. You're off. According to, nonetheless, by Shabbos, the Ashba of the man came only above the Maila. Down below, the man didn't come. Why? Because the fact that in Mun there's a concept of mutter, the rain concept, not just like do, but the rain concept that there's some association with the recipient below. We said there's a difference between the three levels of Jews and the recipient in their receiving of the Mun. So that's the way the Mun comes down from its level and is actually presented down below here. But the way the Mun is in its place, in the level of Shabbos in heaven, there it's totally higher from having any connection, uh, anything that the Makabal can do. And similarly on Shabbos. We see, find the same concept on Shabbos. <coughs> it has to stay. It stays there aloof on Shabbos. <coughs> it doesn't come down. The bruch is there. It comes down during the week. We find a similar concept on Shabbos. On Shab- we said, okay, so you take a, a loan. The person has a, a mashkin. There's a person who has a, 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 something to secure the loan. So, uh, and then he can take a loan and, and, believe, and believe in Hashem, and Hashem said, I will pay back. But that's before Shabbos, when you're buying the needs of Shabbos. So there's this whole calculation. There's something, there's a security, there's, you need to wait for Hashem to pay back. On Shabbos itself, we said that the feeling has to be everything's done. So you're not allowed to think at all about your, about your, your, your needs. <coughs> so in other words, you can't even think about returning the loan. Not return, it doesn't exist. You're totally taken care of. This whole calculation is only before Shabbos. Take a loan. And then after Shabbos, you see Hashem pays it back. During Shabbos, everything's done. Every, you're, you're rich. Everything's taken That's why the Inyan on the Shabbos, he didn't go out to collect. It's one of the mitzvahs that's got to do with the man. Why? Because that expresses the whole reason and the, and the meaning of the falling of the man. That Shabbos, even down here below, we have the, 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 the light of the man is shining not the man the way it is here, but the one the way it is there in its true place, in heaven. And that's why everybody has to feel down here that there can't be any intervention from a human. Not even to co- just to receive, to collect. <coughs> Six days of the week, even though the man maintained its Shabbosness and it came down to the earth, but there was differences in people, and there was also the need to go and collect it. Shabbos, it remained totally Shabbosnik, the way it is above and it stayed above. And the layouts of Shabbos, the Shabbos, they didn't come to collect. Beautiful sicha, every sicha is beautiful, but uh, I want to, I, personally, I want to go back and look again at that Levu Alai. It's a very interesting sugi about halva. But two things, I promised you a story. First, I just want to say that this, this Fabreng in Shabbos Pashas Bereshis, Tavshin Lamed Gimel, in the Hanocha, it's a very interesting thing that ever says about Levu Alai. Think about this, brought from the Magad of Mezrich. It says, borrow my cheshbon and I will pay back. One second. If the Ebishter is going to pay back, why doesn't he just send me money for Shabbos? Why does he want me to go and lend and then he'll pay back? So the Maggid of Mezich gave the following answer. I'm not going to give the whole thing in its, in its uh, totality. It's printed already in Teres Menachem. It's Shabbos B'Reish, Tav Shalom and Gimel. 
But the Nikud is that um, there's, a, there's a prohibition not to have Hanoah from Maisenism, from miracles. So the Gemaras, where uh, you remember that, 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 uh, that, that uh, golden leg that came down, leg of a table that came down from heaven, and whoever it was, whoever, whichever of it was that prayed for it, prayed that they take it back. And anyway, there's a well-known thing. We don't have Hanoah here, benefit here. We're not supposed to have Hanoah from, from miracles. We're supposed to live here through, through nature. So if Hashem is going to all of a sudden provide you food for Shabbos in a miraculous way, there'll be a problem. You can't have Hanoah from Isa Nisan. So what, is, what does Hashem say? You take a loan. I'll make sure you're able to pay back the loan. It's, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. Uh, there's a halacha that if Reuven makes a, uh, takes a vow that he's not allowed to have any benefit from Shimon, so Shimon can't give him food, can't give him anything. What happens if Reuven's now poor? But Shimon can go pay back Reuven, Reuven's debt if he owes money to somebody. That's not considered as if he's giving him directly. It's considered as if he's taking away a, 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 a creditor. And there's some details to that. You can look in the Rebbe Sikha, you'll see more details. But the Nikudah being, that that's a, <laughs> Hashem's giving us a, so to speak, a hack. I can't help you directly because it'll be my senissim. Take a take a alva, I'll make sure you'll be able to pay back. That's that's one point from Shabbos Breish. And I promised you a story. A story here from our region, Reb Shalom Greenberg, Shliach of the Rebbe in Shanghai, when uh, they had been renting a villa. It was very difficult to set up shop in, in, in China, Bechlal, a lot of the bureaucracy. So they had rented a villa and they, uh, for their Chabad house and their shul and their restaurant. And then the owner decided, no, he doesn't want to rent to them anymore. So basically they saw they have no future in rentals. They're going to have to buy something. The problem is to buy something was a large amount of money, like a million dollars or something. And uh, he didn't know what to do. So the Shalom ran to New York, go to the Rebbe, and to start calling people to collect money. So he wasn't there Shabbos. A guy walks in, and uh, maybe some, I believe maybe he was from Hong Kong. He says, where's Rabbi Greenberg? So Rabbi Greenberg, Rebbetson said, uh, he has to go run away. Not run away. He had to go run to New York to collect money because... Without, uh, we, we're going to have to buy something. We, have no, we don't know how we're going to do it. But, and how much is going to cost, this guy asked. So he said, uh, we need a mortgage of a million dollars or something like that. So he said, uh, okay. He said, what do you mean, okay? He said, I'll, I'll take on the mortgage. They called Rabbi Greenberg after Shabbos. And yeah, he came home and, uh, and they bought the Chabad house. Rabbi Greenberg fabrings and he says, the most incredible part of the story is that it means that this was lechem and hashemayim. I can't, I can't say I had anything to do with it. It's a nest mamish and hashemayim because I wasn't even there. If I would be there, I'd say maybe I said a nice speech, maybe I, I, I spoke in a convincing way. I wasn't there. The guy walked in. He said he wants to help, and the zaches give on. Yiratzim should have all of us by us. Nisim and Iflois be able to carry out the Rebbe's work. Siyutshvat in a few hours maybe. Rebbe's work to bring the Shekhinah, Lamata, and then uh, we'll all be reunited with the Rebbe, and uh, Yishlaim Kedesh. All the best.